right, welcome back to another episode of What's, What's the, the Word? Word? Been a few weeks, right? So we've on this new schedule. A couple of weeks. A few, couple? A couple. It's different from a few. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. I did not know this is where we Do, were starting the podcast. We're going to start. It's been a couple weeks. It's been two weeks. Two weeks. And that weeks. is a couple. That I know that for sure. A few is like three. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, All right. So it's welcome. been a couple of weeks um, since we've uh, talked with you last, but we're staying in the same kind of vein, same kind of topic in that we wanted to spend some time building this foundation mm-hmm. upon where our foundation is as Christians in Jesus. Uh, and going from the conversation about, or from from a different perspective, right? Trying yes. to say, who is this Jesus? Why are we talking about him so much? Why do we care so much what he said? So that we can talk about what he did as well. And we're going to get to dive in a little bit deeper this time. I'm so excited. With some questions. And I think it's, I, I think we it's shared. super nerd moment this week. Super nerd moment, but I don't want that to scare you. No, anybody. don't. I don't want to scare you off. Because but I would say this is one of my favorite topics. Super interesting. Because I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. And, and folks, basically we're, we're putting in front of ourselves the question, is Jesus human uh, or is he God? Is he divine? Right? So the divine is, can be a fancy word, but like, is he God right. or is he human? How do we talk about the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to get excited to answer that question. Uh, but, but as first, we get going, right, as we like to do, yeah. uh, the words from Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. I really do. I just love that. And I love to, like today, thinking about our topic, right? Pretty important word. It just used Lord. Lord. Redeemer. Yeah. Right? So there's this this identity of God that we have to talk about. And we've kind of talked about, folks, if, well, it's not a secret to most that, because it's on the tagline of anywhere you're going to listen or watch. Like we are at Trinity, Klein Lutheran Church and School. Right. right? So that word Trinity, we're going to get to that, folks. We've made we that are. decision. Uh, that that after we get to talk about our boy Jesus, mm-hmm. right, we are going to then dive a little bit deeper into what is what do we mean by that word Trinity? What does that mean? Because I'll, I'll be honest, like that hurts your brain, and it hurts your brain for a reason. It does. Um, it does. But I would also tell you that God is allowed to be a little complex. <laughs> I hope so. Because uh, you look at it, right? The complexity of mm-hmm. creation. Uh, the com- the I, I remember being in college in Northern Alabama and. You don't think of the word diversity when you think of the state of Alabama. I would not. That would not be the first thing that not came the to first my mind. Word that most no, people think of. No. But uh, biodiversity in northern Alabama is kind of crazy. Uh, so, so thinking of nature and okay. the diversity of life, mm-hmm. both in plants and uh, animals, insects, all this other stuff. It's just wild in northern Alabama because of the meeting of the climates. The meeting of like like mountainous area mixed oh, yeah. with plains, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of a lot of diversity uh, that comes into play. There's a lot of complexity when it comes to nature, and so if nature's allowed to be complex. Dallas, you're complex, like our bodies, like yeah, human beings, absolutely. So if we're allowed to be complex, and we, as we've spent time in Genesis one, saw we're made in the image of God. Guess who else is allowed to be complex? Uh, so much more so than we are. Yes, the one who made the one who made everything. everything. Right. Right. So Dallas, that's a question we put in front of us. Is Jesus human or is he God? Is he divine? Yes. Yes. <laughs> My answer is yes to both. Yes. Yes. And and I mean and 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 that right there, I throughout the last couple of weeks since we since we met, I have been hearing your words in my head, you know, things that hurt your brain. Well, I never thought of it that way, but this is absolutely one of those things. Like, how can this be? How can, how can, it how be? can no this good. be? Yes. And, you know, our, our last, the last time that we were together or on our last episode, yes. uh, like a radio drama from the, from the twenties. Oh, good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And Soap, yeah. so um, we talked about Jesus's name and, yes. and just his, how how he got his name, why he has that name, why God and how intentional God was well, with that, just his name. The word Emmanuel. Yep. God, God with, with us. us. How do we wrap our brains around that? And that is a really good springboard for today's discussion because if we want to go back to his name, Emmanuel, God with us, then we have to look at the relationship that um that that is super, super I we need another word for complex because I feel like we're gonna just 
beat that into the ground today. That oh, it's sure. going to be complex. Yeah. And it's going to be um, intertwined. Sure. And uh, so I think that that's a, that's a good place for us to start. Good. And I want to go back to, right? I do love the journey that we've been on because there's been some foundational things that we've right. already laid friends that are going to help us to, to take this journey, such as we believe God created all things, right? I do. Simple statement, mm-hmm. but think about the complexity involved in everything I just said. Yeah, all things means all things. All things. And someone, mm-hmm. right, a being made all of those things. And so now it's about like God. I like to tell folks that God has been on a mission to make himself known, mm-hmm. right? Even in the personal work of Jesus Christ, that's what we see is that God is making himself known. And, and as we get into the Trinity, we'll unpack that a little bit more. But as we see this then, when it comes to Jesus Christ, I think a lot of people are going, how? How can there, some people even start with, how can there be a God in the first place? Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, I point to things like creation. I point to things like your body. I point to just the design of everything and how it works together. And I know like the prevailing uh, theory, the the popular one is one of chance, right? It just Mm -hmm. all happened through chance over billions of years. And that could be maybe another conversation we have another time. Just, but at the same time, we've had it of what the word says about it, right? There's actually this really incredible design that God has for all things Mm -hmm. uh, and life and the way it moves and operates. And there's a pattern and there's all these things. And so then when it comes to something like Jesus being God, okay, he is actually God in the flesh, right? He is God with us. Right. Uh, he is that ultimate creator of all things, right? Or he is, see, that's where the Trinity conversation is going to be so I, much I, fun. But he was certainly there. He's present at creation. And that's where, friends, what we're going to do is, I mean, this this podcast is called What's the Word? And so we're going to look at what scripture actually says about Jesus because there are, this is, this is, I love, I think, We've talked about this before, like a very memorable sermon I had when I was in Green Bay, when I was studying to be a pastor and it was my like internship year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a college student at that point, freshman in college that was home. And I gave this sermon about how, what's the difference between the God that we know? And we would say the one true God, the only God. Right. Uh, and all the other gods, gods out there. Lowercase g. And my response back was, our God came down. Yes. Our God's yes. involved he with is what very, he has made. He is very in, involved. And so there's a like a boundary between the, I don't know, the up there and the down here. Another, and, yeah, and yeah. he, our God, the God, he crossed that boundary. Exactly. He crossed that boundary so that he could be here with us. And just to unpack that a little bit for folks, right? Like Greek mythology. Like I think most people learn that in the school systems, right? Mount Olympus. Right. And, and so they live up there. Yep. And they and don't. They, they kind of mess with humans and they right. might they get come involved. Down, they come down to, to, to just mess around with us yeah, and get yeah. us in trouble and cause problems. And, and that is not. Well, and to do a little Marvel, right? Uh, the movie Thor Love and Thunder kind of plays with that same exact idea, right? right? Of these beings that really don't care about humanity, Mm -hmm. right? And what's fun about that one is by the end of it, what you realize is actually that's not true, but like with the ultimate power. But anyways, so you have then uh, like, uh, um, you have, well, the God of uh, of Israel, which is our God. Our God, same God. um, But as far as the Jews are concerned, uh, this this is the God who, said he was sending someone and they're still waiting. Mm-hmm. Like God has stopped being involved in their lives uh, after they returned from the exile. So we just listened to his words. He made us, he created us, he walked with us for a long time, but then he he's gone, right? He's, he's distant. Gone. And mm-hmm. you don't ever, ever put God in art or even saying his name is it, right. That's, so special. Right. Yeah. And so you have this distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, even just a, uh, a thought on a, a, a fancy theological stance, a fancy God thought. Okay. Or fancy uh, uh, thought group. I guess so you, what I'm trying to say is there's a group of people that think God is just distant all the time. Even if there is a God, he's just in the distance. And the fancy theological word for that is deism. Right. Right. So so this is the founding fathers, right? We're deist. And so you have this idea that God is just distant. He's just standing there similar to Mount Olympus, right? Similar to all these things. And so even, even in, in more popular or other world religions like like uh, have we talked about Islam? We haven't really. Yeah. Done so, a, done so a that dive one on that. too is one that you don't don't talk about a god that's personal. Don't talk about that, that right. he is supreme. Right. He is in the distance. He would never come down to us. We're not worthy of him. Exactly. Right. This kind of a thing. 
Now, friends, this isn't how Scripture describes our God, Mm-mm. especially when it comes to Jesus. Especially when it comes to Jesus. Yes. And so we're going to look at what the Word actually says about Jesus. And we kind of have three main areas we want to cover with you. Because again, like someone hearing, some people listening to this for the first time, or what do you mean Jesus was God? Yeah. Right? That's the first like thought in their head. So we're going to talk about Jesus' eternal existence, right? Yep. That sounds so fancy. That hurts my brain to say it. But like how he was there at creation, scripture makes that really, really clear for mm-hmm. us. We're going to talk about where Jesus in scripture is referred to as God. And there really just isn't a discrepancy from the original languages of no. what the New Testament is saying here and the claims that they're making. Right. And then the third piece is we're going to talk about how Jesus was worshiped. Right? Yes. How these people, yes. and we'll talk about, we've already spent time in Deuteronomy 6. Oh, I love it. There's only one God. There's right? only one God. And that's also a Marvel reference too. But Deuteronomy Stop. 6, I know I can't, I can't get it out of my brain. In the very first no Avengers, Marvel. Dallas. No, no in, Avengers. In the very first Avengers, there's a scene where I was shocked. I was sitting in the, in the movie theater in St. Louis and I'm like, what are they trying to say? Why is this big million dollar movie making references and saying things that I believe Captain America says because he sees Thor dressed funny and uh, the the pilot of a ship says, oh, don't mess with him. He's a God. Captain America turns around and says, there's only one God, ma'am. And he that doesn't dress it. like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, but there is only one God, right? That is a conviction yeah. that people of scripture believe, right? Jews believe that. We believe that. Mm-hmm. And so, but who is this God? And, and, and rules about who can receive worship well, that's God, right? right? We'll get into all of this, friends, as we get going. Uh, man, what a setup! Yeah, for a that, podcast. Dallas. I know that's 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 a weighty that's a that's a weighty way to to just I jump like right into that. A weighty way, a we weighty way, yeah. a weighty way to 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 jump into today's message. So we are looking at. Um, we're trying to defancify some words as and much so, as we can, friends. This is so hard for us. It today. is, yeah. Today it is. It's this is super hard to to break down because I want I have I want to bust out all of my theological terms. So mm-hmm. the first one that we want to tackle is confession. And that we believe that that is a, a, a way to say this is what we believe. Believe. We can, oh good because most people what did they think when you say confess? That you've done something wrong. Yeah, you're 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 admitting a sin. Right. right. Good. And but no, but when we is, use that word today particularly today in particular it is, this is what we, we believe. believe. Yes. And so this is our Christian confession is this is what we believe. And so when we use the word um, confession today, that is exactly what we're going to be. We want that rolling around in the back of your mind. And I'm so glad something else you just said, you said Christian confession. Yes. Right? Because some people listening to is like, I don't know if I'm I'm kind of in a different circle than Lutherans, but no, no, no. No, no. This, what we're saying today. This is the church universal. That Jesus is the, and, All of and the, church the Christian being the body of Christ. The body of Christ. So people who call themselves Christian, mm-hmm. this is what we believe. This right. is understood to be, I'm going to use a fancy word, but I'm going to defancify it. This is what we understand to be the orthodox teaching. Ooh, good word. And I'm not talking about the the, the denominations like Greek Orthodox, right. Russian Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox. Uh, you hear the word ortho, right? Mm-hmm. What does ortho mean? Do not pop quiz me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, good call. So orthodontist, you've heard that. What does an orthodontist do? It makes me sweat. They That's s- what they do. <laughs> they straighten your teeth. Right. Right. So that word straighten or mm-hmm. right or correct. Right. That's what ortho means in the Latin. And then dox is sort for teaching. So the right or the straight or the correct teaching right. of Christianity, of people mm-hmm. who follow Jesus. Uh, and again, that big old religion that we call Christianity, the people that follow Jesus, mm-hmm. that's what that means is that he is both God and man. And it's been a conversation throughout history. So friends, oh, since this the is, beginning. Since you have since, to. Since the, since How the, do you the, make since, sense? Since he wa- Jesus walked the earth, this Good. was a thing. This was this was a thing, and and so and we're still talking about it. Almost two thousand years later, we're still talking about it. This is a good, I, I, and again, it sounds like such a setup for the conversation we're going to have. But it's so helpful because you know this is the conversation in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It is abundantly clear to the apostles and the and the people whom God has poured out His Spirit on in, in the New Testament that. And the people of this time. So we're talking uh, 40 AD, 30 AD, right? This is when they're living. And, and, and that, that group grows. It grows exponentially. And they all have to wrestle with, what does this mean that the God that we've always known, right? And for some of them, not, right? The, the non-Jews, the, the Gentiles. The non-Jews, the Gentiles, yeah. The, the, so this, this ultimate this is brand creator, new for them. this only mm-hmm. God. What does it mean that this God took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, made himself known, died and rose again, Right? We've talked about how incredible that is. Right. Right. This wasn't uh, someone standing outside of Jesus' tomb and raising him 
it, no, this no, was this Jesus was raising, raising himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what does it mean then that then he spent 40 days with them and then he ascended? What an incredible event. And we'll talk a little bit deeper about this next time. But what does it mean ultimately that putting it simply, because we kept using that word complex, mm-hmm. what does it mean that the creator of all things, uh, the ultimate being of reality, which sounds complex to say, came down in the person of Jesus Christ so that we could spend eternity with him. How is that possible? Uh, and how are we not talking about the Trinity? We have to bring the I Trinity we in when we, yeah. when we talk about this because sure. you have to have no, that. No, you have to. You have to. So briefly, very, very briefly, uh, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And so the way in those three, it is, um, it is one, um, one what, for Good. lack of a better, a better word, one what, three who's. Good, because I know there's somebody listening right now going, this is hurting. This is hurting my brain. Trust so me, it's going to hurt ours too. And so um, so the way that God, the Father manifest, manifested, uh, came down to us that he- Well, you just said God the Father. I yeah. did say God See, the Father. This and is a Trinity episode. It, this is a Trinity episode. And- Y'all, Dallas couldn't help. She I just texted me. It. She goes, we have to talk about the Trinity. I was like, we're talking about Jesus. But, right. Okay, so go. There's Jesus. A, there's an ultimate being of- yeah all things, mm-hmm. we call him God. We do. Right? And throughout time, God has made himself known. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so we've, and we have come to know him as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. Three persons, one, one God. God. Right? So one being, three persons. And we'll break that down in a future episode. We will. But today, we're talking about how, Jesus. How did how Jesus get here? Jesus can even be like divine and human. How is this entirely possible? And so, we want to start with just, I even, I remember very vividly in my first year, like a kid wrestling with this. Cause he's like, hang on. Like Jesus showed up at that very first Christmas. And it's like, no, actually like Jesus was there from the beginning. And the main place that we will always point to for this is the writing of John. John. Yeah. John chapter one, Dallas, go ahead and share. Every author kind of of the gospels, of the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everybody starts in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I would say, uh, to, to say that John starts in a different way is a tremendous understatement. That okay? is a, a How did the other guys start out? They started with Jesus here. Like they either started with his genealogy, you know, who his, who his family, his Where earthly family from. members yep. were, uh, or his birth announcement or, you know, but John. <laughs> well, and then Mark, Mark, and Mark his, his ministry. His ministry his starts. Ministry, yeah, he's already. 30 years old. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, that's where Mark, you know, just decides, hey, we're going to jump right into here. But John, John goes all the way back to the beginning. Like Good. the very beginning. And he says, in the beginning, we've heard that. We've talked about that. Yeah. Genesis. Genesis 1 reference, throwback. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that is, I mean, that just, he was with God in the beginning. So that's John 1 and 2. And you you read down a little bit further, you get to verse 14 and it says, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among, among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Good. And that just, I mean, that you're the pastor, unpack that. Talk about hurting your head, right? right. I kind of joke, John is your philosopher. So anybody that mm-hmm. loves philosophy, loves thinking complex things, you're gonna love John. I hated John for so long, I really did. I've come to appreciate him because I've spent some more time with him and seen more of his purpose and how he was writing and what he was doing. But particularly right here, I'm like, friends, we want, we want you to know about Jesus. And I'm going, John, just say it clearly because it's really confusing. And so friends, this is what I've learned to do with John chapter one. I, I love sharing this. Okay. Is John uses uh, confusing language. Like there was the word. It's the very word. ethereal. It's mm-hmm. very outside, not tangible. Mm-hmm. He uses the light, right? Well, eventually, That's as you read- That's a huge theme in John, light and darkness. It's exactly. a huge theme. And here he's talking about that, mm-hmm. he, but he's referencing, there's this thing that we call the word, this thing that we call the light. Uh, and and as you reference, finally, by verse 17, y'all, it takes him forever to get to it. 14. But we get- Verse well, 14. Start at 14, get mm-hmm. all the way to 17. Yeah. And you get the identity of who this is. Right. Right? Because again, we hear John 1, 14, 
we as Christians, hearing that on Christmas Day every year, it's a big Christmas first, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now we hear that and we go, oh, Jesus, right? right? But it's in verse 17 that you have, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So you get the name of this person that he's been talking about the whole time. Mm-hmm. My invitation for folks is, okay, now that you know who this is, let's go read John 1 clearly. Right. By replacing the name Jesus or replacing all those funny things with the name that he's actually talking about, which is Jesus. And right. Let's see how confusing this sounds now. So go ahead. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Jesus and apart from Jesus, not think one thing was created that has been created. And Jesus was life and that life was the light of men. Jesus shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about Jesus so that all might believe through Jesus. He was not Jesus. He was not the light, but he came to testify about Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone, Jesus, was coming into the world. Jesus was in the world and the world was created through Jesus. And yet the world did not recognize Jesus. Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive Jesus. But to all who did receive Jesus, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in Jesus' name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. We observe Jesus' glory. The glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Jesus and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because Jesus existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from Jesus' fullness, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So it's really clear that's what John's doing after you, after you place it like that. After you read it like that, yes. And even then there's stuff to consider. Like, well, oh, yeah. okay, what does it mean that this Jesus was there? What does it mean that he was God? What does it mean that he was part of creation? All this other stuff, right? But at the end, here's a very clear testimony of what we're saying. And this is where the math, right, doesn't add up for us okay. logic people. Okay. Because when I say like, okay, Dallas, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're telling me is one plus one equals one. Right? Okay. Fully God, fully man, but just one person. Mm-hmm. Right? And the same thing is true like with the Trinity. One plus one plus one equals one. Yep. Right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Not three persons, but one mm-hmm. God. Right? Right. And so you have, uh, or three persons, but one God. Not, right. So yeah. Whoa, the, the language. Slip. The fun stuff. Well, then too, right? Over again, the church, after this happened, we've seen this play out in history, had to deal with. And actually then, friends, huge discussions in history about who is this person of Jesus. What percentage of him was God and what percentage of him was man? Uh, was he, was his body human, but his soul was God? Was it all, all sorts of things and conversations that can get so complex and so complicated? I know you have your cheat sheet. I'm I so have my cheat sheet. To go to I, no, I have to have it. I mean, yeah. this is, oh, I mean, because yeah, so everything, everything gets, gets jumbled together and we're trying to break this down and, and understand for even our, even ourselves is that, yeah. you know, this is, this is a, um, a supernatural phenomenon. This is a God thing. Good. And so it's a God thing. I love it, that. it is a God thing. And, and we are not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm as human God. as it gets. Yep. And that, uh, in trying to understand the, we've talked about this from Isaiah, you know, his ways are not our ways. Sure. God's ways are not our ways, but we're trying to be arrogant enough to think that we can understand the mind of God and the thought process and the ways in which he works. Good. And we're trying to humble ourselves. Right. And to go back to the math thing then, when people ask me like, well, what percentage? I said, he's 100% God. He's 100% man. The math doesn't match up. But as you're saying, there's a level of humility uh, that we come to as we look at scripture and see what it says. And Mm -hmm. we have to deal with this. And keep in mind, friends, I remember Dallas, and this is going to sound like I'm pop quizzing you, but it's somewhat of a rhetorical question. Uh, I remember being asked in college, can God make a circle with corners? Can God, right, all-powerful God, can he make an unmovable mountain? 
And our brains start hurting when I ask those yeah. questions. But the reason why is a good word that you, you brought into the conversation, which is logic. You're asking me questions about logic, which mm-hmm. is a man-made thing. That is a man-made thing. And it doesn't apply to God. Exactly. Mm-mm. So it's one of those things where there's certain rules that we come to adopt because of what man has created. Mm-hmm. And as we try to agree how to have conversations, which God's going to be allowed to be outside of that for us. Yes. Right? And so that's where in Jesus... That's where we dive into. When we're talking about the fullness of his humanity and the fullness of his divinity, uh, and again, if that's fancy for you still, the fact that he was a man and that he is God, uh, that's where it's allowed to hurt our brains a little bit. And we're allowed to just look at scripture and see what it says. So John 1 is one of those places where we see that very clearly. Um, another place we can turn is Colossians. Colossians, and yeah. and this we've got on our we've got on our on our sheet for those that are tracking with maybe a pen and paper. Colossians one verses fifteen through twenty, and on my notes I didn't write any cheat things on my notes. I just said all of it. All of it. All of it. <laughs> I mean, you want to go back to the very beginning? Read Colossians, the very beginning, like like Genesis, and Jesus was involved in everything. Read Colossians one fifteen through twenty. Exactly. Because it just sums it sums everything up. Oh, and fifteen through twenty, talking about Jesus. I mean, do you mm-hmm. have it up? Yeah, read yeah. it for us. Colossians one fifteen through twenty. What does it say about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Starting in verse fifteen. Again, you know, we have titles in our Bible. You have titles in yours? I do. What does your title say? Mine says the centrality of Christ. Okay. Get it. <laughs> okay. Mine says mine says the the supremacy of Christ. Sure, yeah. So he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Good. So that is a, a weighty piece. That's a weighty five verses. Yes. And heavy. And But when you look at it, at it in its most basic form, Jesus holds everything together. He's the glue that holds everything together. It makes everything make sense. I mean, go back to like the big picture of scripture episode uh, and how we talked about like, if you don't have Jesus, it just it doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense. Which is so, somebody's screaming right now going, it still doesn't make sense. It still sense. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, but without Jesus, it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me. Like, and it's one of those things of like, it's so interesting, right? Sometimes like people will be like, well, you're brainwashed and things like that. And they certainly want to make Christianity sound like a cult or something like that. Right. And I'm like, friends, okay, let's step back. And I totally recognize that some cults have totally hijacked right. Christianity as a, as a way to get people in the door and mm-hmm. a way to make. But there's a significant difference, friends, between Christianity and cults. Yes. There are no secrets. No. There are no, there are, there's no, uh, you know you can't come in here. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like true Christianity is trying to make sure everybody is on the same page about what they know. Because again, that was what Jesus was up to. That's what God has been up to through the ages is making himself known. And and we don't want that to be a secret. And we don't want to hide in a closed door during a service or something like that. Right. We want everyone to be able to know and be able to ask questions and things like that. And so, so yeah, and, and, and constantly, at least from our perspective, right, we're going to go back to the word and ask, well, what does it say? Mm-hmm. And there's huge things here, right? Uh, everything was created by him. Uh, everything was, uh, all things have been created through him and for him. Uh, the fullness, right? Where was the fullness verse? Yeah, verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness all dwell in his him. All his fullness, yeah. Yeah. And so there's this, this testament that you can't really ignore mm-hmm. of what scripture is saying, what Paul is saying here to, to the church in Colossae. That, that there's, there's, you can't ignore what God has done and how he stepped into time and space in the person of right. Jesus so Christ. Right, so we've got our, our God that is not bound by time, space, any any of the, the uh, temporal things that we are, the, the tangible things that we are. And when I'm looking at verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Okay, my mind 
because we, we've talked about that I'm very heavily rooted in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So my mind goes to the Exodus with Moses. When Moses is up on the mountain and God is going to um, pass in front of him, Moses can't even look at him. Sure. Like he can't, he has to turn, you know, he has to turn away and and so that God, and that's the the fullness, that's the kind of of power and authority and I mean, just awesome God powerness is that uh, that we're dealing with, and yet all of that. I mean, like when Moses came down from the mountain, he had to veil his face because he'd been in such close contact with his Creator, and so now we're looking at this, and all of God's fullness is in the person of Jesus Christ, and nobody dropped dead when they looked at him. Right. I mean, he right. he he could touch people, and his touch had power. power. Yeah. And and there and for us, I mean, I'm I'm a very physical person. I mean, when my kids were babies. All I did was pet them. Sure. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I snuggled them and I I kissed them and I loved on them and I just wanted to be around them. And for me, there's something very, very powerful with physical touch. And Jesus is an excellent example of that because he he didn't he didn't shy away from people sure. that, that yeah. most of the religious leaders, especially the religious leaders of his time, would not have gone close to, you know, within a, a 10 foot radius of these people. And Jesus was in the thick of it and making sure that his touch was felt and by extension, God's touch was felt. Absolutely. Does that make sense? No, and it's making making again, making himself known, the fullness of your the creator fullness. that he actually cares about you. He's not yeah. distanced like all these leaders were. Mm-mm. And things like that. And again, what a challenge for the church today to ask the same question, right? Are yeah. we keeping people at a distance? Sometimes we are. We are, absolutely. I mean, we are. Right? You know, because we are bound by time and space. And, and so we look at that and our time, you know, we've talked about technology and technology mm-hmm. is just, I think it makes us dumber. And, but <laughs> I, mean, I really do. I think it, y'all, I went through high school with no Google. Okay. So, haha. And, <laughs> but the, the, uh, the time, you know, sometimes I just, I, I don't have time, you know, in my brain, I'm, I'm looking at somebody and I and want to be, I want to be yeah. present, but I can't because my schedule is knocking up against my head. And Jesus didn't do that. God did not do that mm-hmm. through his son. He made time for everybody. I'm going to take us to a place we didn't know we were going to go today, oh my but goodness. a place that I know you're going to love. Okay. All right. Because we've already heard each other's brains enough today. Okay. Um, and everybody so why, listening, why we not, are so sorry. Keep going. Right. Because here's the other thing, right? There's this existence before what we would call a fancy word that we'll defancify, incarnation. Yeah. Um, so incarnate, right? We've talked about we've this talked word about on the podcast. Meat. Yeah. In the meat, in the flesh. In the That's flesh. the better way to say it. In the in flesh. The flesh. Uh, so, so, so again, what we're talking about is God taking on flesh, flesh mm-hmm. right? Stepping into space and mm-hmm. time. So, what was Jesus doing from creation until the incarnation? Oh. And so, this is where, friends, we get to talk about a term called pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah, pre-incarnate Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, before he was in the flesh, Jesus. Right. And so, this is where you got me with with Moses and Exodus because I was going, oh, she already taken us there? Because, friends, there's moments, and this is going to connect to part three of our conversation. So, we might go there next. Friends, Again, Deuteronomy 6 is a huge place. And I, I reference that without referencing why I'm referencing that. In Deuteronomy 6, we hear, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Okay? There is a oneness mm-hmm. to God that we can't deny. No. A oneness to the ultimate being. Okay, mm-hmm. And what's so fun, and I know, man, third time for Marvel. But like, it's funny watching some of these places play out that try and not have a supreme being and you end up watching and they, they have to. They have right? to. The further they go, they have to ask mm-hmm. the same questions everybody's asking. Where did we all come from? Who made it all? Who's the ultimate power of mm-hmm. the universe? Right? So you have very godlike beings that show up even in something like the MCU. And so you have this, 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 this God and this Jesus who is there at the beginning and there's certain words that you can use for him that you can't use for everybody else. Okay, we've been so complex today. Let's give you a simple one. Okay. Dallas, you can divide all things into two categories. All right. Creator, mm-hmm. the one who made everything, mm-hmm. and creation. Yep. That's it. That's it. And there's certain words that only God does, right? In the original languages, right? And in, in English, we might be able to translate a few Hebrew words all the same way, but there's certain words, verbs in particular, they're only connected with God. For instance, like bara, create, okay? Only God creates. He's the only one able because he's creator. And then there's creation, mm-hmm. right? Now, we want, when we make something, when we 
we might say create something. That's a different word a, in the yeah. original languages. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's this 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 pre-incarnate Jesus, this pre-in-the-flesh Jesus that shows up in the Old Testament a lot of times. We're not using the word Jesus. Nope. But actually, particularly when you see a figure called the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't say an angel of the Lord because nope. there's lots of angels, lots of messengers. Right. Certainly write it down, put it on the board. That'll be a conversation Ooh, angels for another weekend. time. Mm-hmm. But you have this, this the, the angel of angel. the Lord who there are verbs used with him that are not used for any other angel and are used for God. And we would tell you that that's the pre-incarnate Christ. Mm-hmm. So you have like probably the most common ex- ex- uh, example I can give you is when Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain. Right. Yeah. The angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham and the, the words that are used there are then associated with that being are only words that we would use for God. So it's confusing. How is this angel God? Well, we would say he's the second person of the Trinity. We'll and get the to Trinity. that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Jesus in the flesh. Man, did we go there. Now, this is a good transition though. Okay. Because let's talk about, we had, where does scripture talk about Jesus being there at creation? Here we go. We have it. Um, but we also have, where has he been worshiped? Because you're not allowed. Seriously, that is like the number one rule. You shall have no other gods. You yeah, can't worship it. anything else. Mm-mm. Nothing can sit on the throne of your life. So where do we see in scripture that Jesus is worshiped? Well, we see that in the New Testament. Yes, and certainly. we see that we see that all over the New Testament. So uh, the one of the one of the first things one of the, the that we thought of is in Matthew. Are you going yes. to Matthew? Yeah, I got Matthew. Okay, so Matthew. So the after the resurrection, it's after after the resurrection, and in this we had some. I had my own personal freak out, geek out session while I was getting ready for this because this is one of the big controversies in the early church was that Jesus didn't really have a body. He only appeared to have a body. And so this this passage right here out of Matthew, go ahead and read Matthew 28, 9. Okay, 28, 9. Just then uh, Jesus met them and said, greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Okay, you can't take hold of of feet that are not there. Yeah. And it's the same thing like in Luke when it's talked about he eats fish, he right? Eats. When he shows up. Yeah. Because he's trying to say, no, I have a body. I have a body. I am not just a spirit. I am, I'm again, trying to get to the fullness of who he is in that moment. He is human he is and human. he is God. Right. Yes. So do you remember the movie Casper? Casper yeah. the Friendly Ghost? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the uncles and they're all just shoveling food in and it's going right through them. Oh, sure. And it's falling just, on And the it's floor. falling on the floor yeah, and the yeah, poor yeah. little Casper has to come and clean it up. Yeah. Okay, so we're not dealing with a what a cool illustration! I that, I loved that movie as a kid, Dallas. I liked I it too. Loved it so. Much. I was a grown up, but I liked it yeah. too. So that's not what we're dealing with here. Jesus has a body. He has even, a resurrected, the, even the resurrected Jesus. He had, yes, even yes. the resurrected Jesus has a body, and that is and that was going to be very difficult for his disciples and his followers to wrap their minds around because they watched him die. Yes. And here he is going, is I'm, possible? I'm here, yeah. I'm alive. Give me something to eat. Yes. You know, I will well, sit with you. And touching the feet. And but touching it, the feet. But then this detail here of, and they and worshiped, they worshiped him. him. You can't do that, folks. Nope. If you are in, some of these men were absolutely uh, Jews. I mean, they mm-hmm. that was their religion. You are not allowed to worship anything that is not God. I even remember like going to Israel. Uh, I don't think I've told this story in the podcast. I know I've told this story. I love this story. Uh, I got to go to Israel in my senior year of college and uh, we went to the tomb of David and uh, coming out, there was a statue of David that had been vandalized over and over and over again. And- uh, It hurts my heart. Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem Mm -hmm. is home to uh, Jews, Christians, and uh, Muslims, right? Right. So the tour guide who's Jewish himself said, uh, this statue has been vandalized over and over again. Which religion do you think is doing it? And everybody's making their guesses. And certainly the Americans, it was, it was 2011. So it was only 10 years after 9-11. A lot of them said, oh, it's got to be the Muslims. It wasn't the Muslims. And so other people thought, well, it's got to be the, the Christians then. And I was the one that said, it's the Jews. Like it was just abundantly clear to me. And, and this Jewish tour guide said, good, good. Why? I said, because thou shalt have no false idols. Right. Right. For them to, to have a barren image, a, an image or a reflection of right. anything that could be set up as a statue, as you see mm-hmm. all the way in the Old Testament, it's not good. You cannot worship anything that is not God. And so similar to the history, right? You have the golden calf of Exodus where they build this graven image, this false idol, 
this statue that they're treating as right. if it's God. after they you, parted through, they walked through the parted Red Sea. Exactly. I, I, just, I know. But you just can't do that. You can't like, do that's the number one rule. You yeah. cannot worship anything else. I mean, it, and it's literally the number one. It is one. the number it's the one. first commandment. Y'all yeah. shall have no other gods. Right. So that's why this is so huge that they worship here. But get this, not just in Matthew 28, 9, Mm-mm. but also Matthew uh, uh, 28, 17. Uh, I'll, I'll read 16. It says, the 11 traveled uh, to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus has directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, okay? So, okay, the doubt there, we can have that there, but it's it's pretty crucial here that they worshiped him. Right. Okay, they're not just worshiping God, they're worshiping Jesus particularly. And again, number one rule, you just can't do that. Right. And one of my favorite things about about that passage and then couple it what it, with John 20, do you say John 20 with Thomas? Sure, okay, absolutely. So, Good. So yeah. we've talked um, about the disciples. Jesus yeah, is yeah, Jesus' disciples. Yeah. They just don't understand. They haven't, you know, they can't, they can't fully understand this. Well, one of the disciples wasn't there. Thomas was not there. And uh and and but Jesus was so patient with him when they finally did meet up. And he was like, Thomas, look, touch, touch my hands where the nails were. Touch my, put your hand in my side. Mm-hmm. And he was so patient with him. And then well, Thomas. And then, yeah, well, but even, I, I always love that part. That's that's John 20. I also love how like, y'all, that's the second time Jesus shows up to his apostles or the mm-hmm. disciples, right? He he shows up the first time, Thomas isn't there. Right. Okay, and, and then Thomas shows up and he basically says, if I don't see the nail marks in his hands, if I don't see the mark in mm-hmm. his side and touch it, I'm not gonna believe. So then when Jesus shows up the second time, he says, he gives that invitation because he knows. He knows right? that we like, have to have something tangible. And we need that proof, we that need, body. We yeah. need the body. And, and this is where God in his infinite wisdom knew that we were gonna struggle with this. And he... He wanted to have a relationship with us from the very beginning. Absolutely. And he knew we were going to struggle with something that we couldn't see, that we couldn't touch. Exactly. And he sends his son to help us through that. Yes. Help me in my in my unbelief. And what you were kind of pointing to there is, and again, this will transition into that other section, but I'll go back to worship right. for a second too. But Thomas's response is, my Lord and, and my, my God. God. And this is huge. And I was kind of sharing with you before the podcast. I don't remember which. There was some popular uh, retelling of the Bible over the screen. It wasn't the chosen, so so don't don't go there yet. Well, they haven't gotten there yet. They haven't. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to do. Actually, watch for it. But I want to say it was like the Bible series that was on TV or eighty. The Bible continues, and they had this great big moment. Okay. And I do like to point out because I like movies. And mm-hmm. I like I like when I especially talk about Marvel and connections there. Fourth time, I uh, talk about how every decision MCU someone makes is the Marvel comic universe. Is that right? Marvel cinematic. Cinematic. Universe. Oh, yeah. help me! But every decision someone makes in a movie it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Marvel; it can be anything. It costs a lot of money for seconds, right? Right. So, in every decision that you make is crucial, right, mm-hmm. for what you do. Well, in this, this, I think it was eighty Bible continues. They get to this moment of Thomas saying, and and, and put the nail marks in my hands. They have it. And then Thomas looks up to him and goes, my Lord. And there literally is Dallas, like five seconds of silence. So it doesn't take long to say, and my God. And my God. Less than three seconds there. Mm-hmm. But there is a silence and looking at it. And they, they, they explicitly omit Thomas saying that because they're trying to uh, allow as many people to be receptive to what he's saying at all, because that's offensive, right? That's offensive to, uh, to Jews who would say like, no, that's not. He's not the Messiah. He's not, that's mm-hmm. not possible because God is ethereal. He wouldn't put himself in a body because that'd be like a graven image. Uh, it's offensive to Muslims, right? Who yeah. who, who love Jesus. Uh, they just don't put themselves behind his divinity. Right. right? You can't do that. No, nope. God is a wise man. Ethereal. He's mm-hmm. all powerful. All he's these otherworldly. Yeah. And so this is where you can't make that claim in right. today's culture with so many different variety of opinions. Mm-hmm. But for Christians, that is our confession. That is, that what, is what we stand on from everybody else. Right. Right. And at some point, uh, well, no, it's not what the word about all these other religions, but I was like, it's another conversation for another time. Right. Of like, actually, Muslims are Christian heresy. They're, they they started as Christians and then they veered off the way in 600 AD. But that's another conversation for another time. So, but this worship piece, so we've talked about Matthew establishes this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that moment in John is really just referring to Jesus as God. It's not a worship moment. But in Luke 24, uh, 52, uh, we have the very last words, right? You have this mm-hmm. ascension of Jesus 
Uh, and I'll read uh, verse 50. It says, Then Jesus led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. Verse 52, after worshiping him, there is no doubt who they were talking about. We're talking about Jesus. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. Okay? So there's this worshiping. They just said two two verses, right? Worshiping Jesus and praising God in the temple, right? right. So there's this, this, this description of Jesus as the only divine, right? Creator. Uh, the creator creation, that kind of thing. Divine, mm-hmm. not divine. Okay, so we're finally in our last. We're in the middle section now. We're in the middle section, but it's now the last section. But it's now the last. But this, what you were pointing out with, with John 20 brings us into that. Of The scripture just said, what's the word about Jesus? Well, it says he is God. And probably the most important place that we can go to on this one is Romans. So mm. this, is, this is Paul, who used to be Saul. Wrote most of the New Testament. Yeah, wrote, wrote a lot of the New Testament, the letters. A uh, little background for our folks who've never heard of Saul slash Paul. Dallas. So fun. Um, you need to go to Acts, the book of Acts. Uh, what is it? Chapter eight, nine? Yeah. And yeah eight, seven, the stoning of Stephen. Seven. Okay. So eight, eight and nine. Yeah. And, and it gives this, this overview of, of Paul, who was Saul and, and one of the religious leaders. And then the, the, just the absolute metamorphosis that he had after his encounter with Jesus. So it was, it's very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. And so, and, but who was Saul? Like what was Saul doing? Oh, he was persecuting Christians, killing him, killing I mean, him, just and, and I mean, having just, fun with it. And yeah, what he considered to be God ordained killing. Yeah, he did. Because why, Dallas? Because there are no idols, there are no images. You can't worship anything but God, and God is yeah. not here, and He's not going to take on flesh so because this, it, this is messy. This is Jesus. This, guy this is, is messy, and this is unclean, and and that is and and he was pulling people. This Jesus person was pulling people away from the Jewish faith, and that was a problem. So that's why I say one of the greatest witnesses to what we confess, what we believe as Christians, Mm -hmm. is Paul. So this guy Saul has a conversion experience that's recorded in the book of Acts. um, And he turns, he goes from gladly persecuting the church for the sake of the one true God, right? Mm -hmm. That was his opinion. Yep to being a part of following Jesus and confessing who he is. And getting arrested and thrown in jail Eventually and Eventually crucified upside down, yeah. Yeah. It, oh, Peter's crucified. I was like, Paul Peter's was beheaded. Cruci- sorry, yeah. Peter's crucified upside down. Sorry. So it was, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> huh, I don't recommend oh, any of goodness. these ways to die. No, none of these are, are yeah. you know, uh, what I would want to do. But uh, so, yeah, this is a this is a huge, huge deal. And it goes back to, oh, what was it? Episode three that we did, that when God speaks and you have an encounter with with God, he transforms you. Yes. And and he, there's power behind his 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 words. And and we see that with Paul. But, so, yeah. So this historical person of Paul, who uh-huh. was once known as Saul, and his conversion is huge. And also are the words that he then writes to the church that are that are included in all of our modern day Bibles, right? So in Romans chapter nine, uh, specifically verse, uh, let's well, I like context, so I'm yeah, gonna start you're going to need a little five. bit of context for verse okay? five. So this is what this is what Paul writes in starting in chapter nine of Romans. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies to me through the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. I'm going to pause there. Right? What he's saying is, my heritage, mm-hmm. my family, is are the Jews, are the, are the Hebrews, are the people like, again, he was talking about that experience as Saul. Right. He said, so I could do them all a great faith by just cutting myself away from Jesus, but I can't, right? Exactly. And he's about to say why. Yep. It says, verse five, the ancestors are theirs. And from them, by physical descent, came the Christ who is God over all, praised forever, amen. Right? So I know what a powerful statement just said in so few words, but it is the clearest one. And here's the thing. The Greek doesn't disagree with the, the translation I just said. Some English translations trying to get around the divinity of who Jesus is have tried to change the wording. But when you look at the original language of the Greek, you can't miss out on what he just said. He just said, Jesus is God to be praised over all. Mm-hmm. He did. As he's 
putting in this context of my family, my people, the people right, I love, but I he's can't putting separate from him. Jesus's lineage and, oh, good. in that yes. too. And, and so that that's one of my favorite favorite parts of that is because it it is awesome. And I use that not like totally awesome, but yeah. it is awesome. Like yeah. you are awestruck yes. when you when you actually look at the lengths that God went to yes. to ensure the the lineage, the the family, the earthly family of his of his son. And and it's there for us because again, we need tangible. We need, you know, we mm-hmm. need to know. I grew up in Austin. My uh, my mother had my mom and dad had a couple of different restaurants. And if I was out and about, you know, in my late teens and early twenties and I was doing anything that mm-hmm. that maybe people think that I, I shouldn't have done. Sure, yeah. They would look at me and go, I know who your mother is. I know who your daddy is. And and word would get back. And sure. so it's important for us to know who our who our what our family is. Good. And their their Jesus's family tree is mapped out for us. Like totally mapped Absolutely. out all the way back to Adam. And that's important because going back to our last episode, right? He's the Christ. He's the mm-hmm. one that God said would come right. through this people. And again, I really, really hope too, like, like Paul is not saying I hate Jews. He's not no. saying that God hates no, no, Jews. No. He's not doing any of that. We're not doing that. Mm-mm. Christians don't do that. Nope. Right? What he's saying here is, I need you to recognize that God is fulfilling his promises in this person of Jesus Christ that he came from us. Right. right? He, this but he's is for the whole world. The whole world. Right? Exactly. Good. Exactly. But it's, again, acknowledging that he is God over all to be praised forever. Amen. Is a huge statement because Paul has recognized what he's saying. I can't say that I'm a, I'm a Jew by birth and by teaching and all my instructions. And so like that is, that is again, breaking number one. It goes back to all those things. Okay. And then the final piece of scripture that we want to kind of point to of where, where do the scriptures really talk about the divinity? And Dallas, we've spent so much time talking about the divinity of Jesus. And I think the reason is because today's world, people can appreciate uh, the that Jesus was a man. Nobody's really going to fight you these, these no, days. It's, it, over, it, the, over the church history, people fought about it all the time. Whether oh, or not you want, a fun, you want a fun fact? Maybe. Oh, okay. So one of the one of the controversies during during the early church years, there was a a council, and it was a meeting of of the religious leaders and the church. We call them church fathers. And so in the um, in one of the one of the earliest the the Council of Nicaea. Yes, good. So we get our we get yeah. our Nicene Creed um, that we say a creed what we believe on yes. Sunday mornings and as a unified body. But during the Council of Nicaea, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas actually punched Arius in the face, like punched him in the face because Dallas, it, who is Arius? Arius is the one that was that was on trial basically because his beliefs were not lining up with the church. And, and they Arius were questioning- was a guy that again, not, or, or today he's talking about how Jesus was just a man. A man, right? yeah, so denied the divinity. Up, he aligns up with a whole lot of people today. So Santa right. Claus punched Arius, punched in, the, Arius <laughs> in the face. Yeah, yeah. but the, the idea is again, there's this conversation from the very beginning in less than 300 years after- And it stirs up passions and it's been yes. stirring up passions. So that's why we are- still talking about it because Good. it still stirs up emotions in us. And we can get that, right? So so America is less than 300 years old. So mm-hmm. think about that. Like, are we still arguing about what the founding of America was? Yeah. And these people were still arguing about, and we still are today, right? Mm-hmm. Who Jesus was and who we follow and things right. like that. And so it's really clear to say, we've spent so much time talking about the divinity because that's the harder thing. People are a lot like Arius trying to say like, oh, he's a good dude. I can get behind it. I just can't wrap my, most people can't wrap their minds around their being a divine being. They can't wrap their mind around God, period. And at the same time, I hope in our conversation, you've heard me say, just look at creation Mm -hmm. and look at the stars, look at the design of it all. And then try to explain to me how it all happened by chance, right? Yeah. There is a creator. And then I think the ultimate responsibility of every human being is to ask, who is it? Right? Yep. And thankfully for us, he's made himself known. So let's let's put the icing on the cake here with Philippians chapter two. Okay. Um, I, it's it's actually considered, guys, the the language of this is, it's like a song almost uh, about the, the divinity of Christ uh, and his, what we would call his humiliation, exaltation. We can get into what that means a little bit later. But, but listen for how these words speak to the fullness of who Jesus was and what we talked about, that he's both man and God. Dallas, would you read those words for us? 
Which ones? Philippians 2, uh, 5 through 11. Yep. 5 through 11. That's what I was thinking, but I was Good. making sure we were on the same yeah, page. Yeah. Philippians 2, verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality, equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Good. One All of my right. favorite passages in scripture. Good. I mean, it, I mean and for good reason. So powerful. So it's speaking to this again to the church. What do they need to know? What do they need to hear? God or Jesus, who, and being uh, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality, right, with God in a, in the sense of God taking on flesh, right? So what he's saying there is somewhat God got his hands dirty in a little bit, right? He, he came to be with us who have fallen away from him, who have sinned. That's what I mean by dirty. So I know sometimes we use that word and it's like, no, no, no. Um, but God God took on flesh to be with us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And it's huge then because Dallas, this whole time we've been trying to, as Philippians 2 does, right? It says, adopt the same attitude of that of Jesus Christ. The first word after that is who. We've been trying to, in these first couple of episodes about Jesus, establish who, who? Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And friends, the reason why we've done that is because I don't really think, I think it's difficult at least to appreciate what Jesus did if we don't start on the basis of who he is. Right. I, that's, a, that's a very good, we're, we're getting into a relationship with our God, all of him. And we have to we have to get to know him. He already knows us, which is kind of hard to. Yeah, it, it's hard yeah. and humbling. And at the same and, time, no, right? Because there's I I like to say there's this yearning inside of every human for the infinite. That's why we have things like wonder when you listen to a song or when you see a piece of art or when you look at stars in the sky or a sunset. Or a brand new baby, right? Exactly. There's this 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 some sort of yearning for the infinite. Mm-hmm. Where you're because you're because you were wired, you were designed to yearn for God and right. who he is. And that's why he wanted to make himself known. Exactly. And yeah. so it is very important that we are building up this who he is so that we can get in and and have a better appreciation and understanding for what he did. Exactly. And so on uh, next time. Next right? time. Uh, not next week, right? Nope. But next, next time, time, that's what we're planning to do is now let's step into what did he do? We're going to summarize for you a really brief, less than 10 seconds actually, like how to describe what Jesus did. We did this with the big picture scripture episode as well. Um, and then from there too, we're going to keep, as this podcast likes to do, we're asking the question, what is the word about Jesus? What's right. the word about Jesus about what he did? And mm-hmm. that's what's coming up to us next. next time. But this time, right? Who is he? He is 100% God. He is 100% man. Uh, and for that reason, we actually care what he did. Yes, it makes and a difference. Going yeah. back to fire breathing God. My episode, fire breathing God. Yeah. We also care what he said. Mm-hmm. So that's why Christians get so fired up because that's our conviction of who he is. So as always, friends, please, please ask questions. Please communicate. Like a piece of me, Dallas, as we were talking through some of this stuff, I was like, um, and this this podcast is sponsored by Ask a Christian, yeah. right? <laughs> so I'm like sitting there, yeah, ask us, but also this is the confession of Christians right. and, and ask, Christian ask. leaders everywhere, mm-hmm. but also Christian people ask anybody because this is what we believe. And we'd be happy to talk deeper, wrestle with questions for the Christians listening. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know, right? This right. is new to me. I'm still wrestling with this too. Mm-hmm. Let me go ask somebody. Let me get back with you. Like that's a very humble approach, taking on the same attitude that Jesus would, right? right. That attitude of humility, um, and doing right and having engaging people where they're at. So, anything else as you think about wrapping this up for folks? No, I, I think that um, that we've done a really good job of confusing people today. No, so. absolutely. I know. I'm, I'm always so nervous, friends, that we are just hurting brains because we have been looking at this stuff, studying this stuff right. forever. So again, if we can simplify, if there's something that was, if we need to go back a little and bit revisit more about this, yeah. we're so happy to. We'll be happy to do that because again, we're sitting there. We get it, right? 
how can anyone understand this stuff if no one even starts the conversation? That's and that's a good, what our that's hope a good, is. Yep, that is what our hope is. For this podcast. Well, Dallas, uh, would you close us I would in be happy to. a word of prayer? I would be happy to. Awesome. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to get to know you better through your son, Jesus Christ. And we just ask that you would help us to better understand and better be better equipped to um, process some of this information that does does hurt our brains a little bit. And we just appreciate and thank you for all of the opportunities that you have given us to see you and get to know you relationally. And uh, for all of the people that are listening, Father, I just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to them, that you would open their hearts and their minds and uh, to be better equipped to receive what it is that you have to say to them. And, uh, and we just, we love you. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you next time. Next time. Thank you.